Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 133. Hey, Matt's here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how's it going with you? It's going great because number 33 is No Tippin' Scotty Pippin. That's right. Uh, great nickname because it really, you don't get too many nicknames that talk about somebody's like personal life slash things that they do, you know. In restaurants yes. and bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's table hopping Gary's Peyton. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, but that is a, a good one. Good old Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Uh, he's a man. 33. Trying to think any other, uh, what? Hersey Hawkins is 33, right? Oh yeah. He's yeah. great. Feed the Hawk. Um, that's not a restaurant reference. I think. As far as I know. Well, he had the, yeah, the Hawkins chain of family restaurants that he opened after he retired. Of course. They always said, you got to feed the hawk. Feed the hawk. Uh, Larry Bird. Larry Bird. That's right. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of 33s out there. And then next episode, there's a lot of 34s out there, too. 32, 33, 34. You really you run into a lot of NBA players. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. For this episode, if you've listened to the last three episodes, we are talking about the best of 2010s. We have covered the best action movies, the best comedies, the best TV shows for this episode. And uh, this is why I I don't want to waste too much time uh, getting to this one. We're talking about the best albums. I have a lot to say. It was tough. was tough. It's Uh, hard for me, even just now, thinking about having to rank them. Yeah, it's uh, it it was so difficult to figure out the number one, which ones I had to leave out of the top five, which ones I even kind of left out of the honorable mentions. Yeah, There's just a lot of good albums out there. Yeah, tough going. So we'll get to that in a second, uh, and I, we'll get to our our whiskey shortly as well. Uh, I will say, because you talked about it uh, on our last episode, Anchor Steam. I went to the fridge and I got myself an Anchor Steam. So yes. Drinking that for this episode. What do you got? I've got some uh, Pollyanna, which I talked about the Kolsch class last episode. They have a porter. It's called mm-hmm. Eleanor, and it's That's a beautiful. A it is, and it's a it's a fantastic porter. Nice. I learned we learned as part of Kolsch class that they even though we go to the Roselle location, their home base is in Lamont, and I guess part of the reason their beer is so good is that they really. Lamont already has good natural water, but then they really like pH balance it to match the style. So they do a lot of stuff before they even start brewing and they bring, they ship Lamont water to Roselle and have like a huge tank under the brewery. Interesting. It's crazy. And I'll say Lamont is actually home to quite a few Lithuanians. Yeah. Uh, That's a, I think Lamont is like the main suburb that Lithuanians like white flighted out of uh, Marquette Park, like in the 60s and 70s. Oh, wow. I'm not proud of it for that, but uh, there are a lot of things there. Yeah. Uh, all right. I am going to drink this whiskey. It's If you've listened to uh, the last episodes where I have been trying Rod and Hammers, I've got another one from them. They're San Luis Obispo's favorite distillery i've had their old-fashioned mix kind of accidentally i didn't realize it was an old-fashioned mix but i put it on the smooth train i've also had their bourbon and i put that on the smooth train though a little bit by the skin of its teeth and now i've got their straight 
rye whiskey. I like the bottle. I do like the bottle. Very similar. I like the way it stacks in my cabinet because uh, now I've got three bottles of the stuff. Um, it's got California emblazoned in, in the glass on the top. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And it's got SLO made, and in between the S, the L, and the O, you can see San Luis Obispo. Or San Luis Yeah, so above. Uh, but it's 90 <laughs> proof. It's uh, straight rye whiskey cut with the Pacific. I mean, is that actually true to like, put ocean water in this? I don't know. Uh, distilled from 95% uh, rye grain to a rich honey color, the bold spirit starts hot with notes of black pepper and cedar. Ooh, interesting. Followed by a smoky finish with notes of leather, tobacco, and a hint of caramel sweetness. That's what I always want when it's my rye. I want to hit it with the spiciness and taste like a car seat. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. I'm going to give this. I haven't touched it yet. I'm drinking it on a rock. I'm, I have to say more so than even a lot. You do try a lot of interesting whiskeys. This one, from your description you just read, it really sounds good. It does. I am curious. And I, I do feel like I like rise. I don't think you really favor rise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I like a good rye. And I'm curious to how this one goes. The price point, if I recall, was, uh, I think it was high 30s. I think they're mostly falling in high 30s. Um, so could go either way. I mean, I expect like something decent at that price point for sure. Uh, but we shall see. Hopefully it doesn't go the way of Clark and Sheffield from our last episode. Right. So I'm giving it a smell. I definitely smell... Uh, Definitely smell the caramel sweetness that it mentions right at the end of the description. Like, pretty strong. Actually, to me, it smells like a bourbon. Hmm. Uh, so, we'll see. All right, I'm going to give it a sip. Well, you're giving me a sip. I just had a genius marketing idea. We should have rye month where we only drink rye and we have Ryan Burkett and Ryan Novak as guests. Oh, my God. That's such a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? That is a really good idea. All right, we're doing that. Yeah. Rye month. Rye month. Yeah, what? I was trying to think of a month that even you could pun into rye. I can't think. April. Yeah, April. January. We should have done it February, rye, but we, uh, <laughs> we blew it. <laughs> Yeah, I like April, though. That's pretty good. <laughs> you just put a Y in April, and then you got it. Uh, all right. First sip uh, was a very even taste. Not actually, not a particularly, like, punchy spiciness that I was kind of expecting. Yeah, the color is even a little bit lighter. It is. It's a light color. And I think I was so, uh, so taken aback by how good of a marketing idea you had that I, I wasn't thinking enough about the whiskey. So yeah, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to drop that marketing bomb right in the middle. <laughs> Man, too good. I just couldn't, I couldn't help it once it came to me. Well, you know, that's why we have the second and third sips. It's exactly. Something genius disrupts one of them. So uh, let me give that another sip. That's on the box. When you're at the store for the third sip, it says in case of marketing bomb, mm-hmm. third sip. 
So the second sip, as I often do with second sips, maybe because I take them too close together or, or I don't do any kind of palate cleanser, but it, it tastes actually a little spicier on the second sip. Mm. Uh, it's doing a nice mouth-throat coat. And I'm, I'm getting a slight bit of a warming sensation, almost a little like I would expect with the bourbon, but the it doesn't quite have the general body that I would expect with a bourbon. So in that, I, I'm, I'm feeling, I mean, it is a rye, but I, I, again, I, I gotta say, like there's a little bit of spiciness, but I'm, I'm not getting the spice punch that I would expect. Right. So it sounds like we need a third sip. It does, because I, I'm not saying it's unpleasant either. I'm just really trying to pull this one apart and uh, yeah, hard to say. I think I do need the third sip. I'm gonna cut it with one sip of Anchor Steam. That's a good idea. Get the full cleansing effect. I it's a steam engine clearing out your palate. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me give it that third sip. Steam engine has cleared away, and now what? What? What did it reveal about Roddenhammer's straight rye whiskey? You know, it's just it's not quite what I would expect for a rye. It's it's like surprisingly more easy drinking. Than I would think it needs to be. I don't like, I get a little bit of a smoky finish that it mentions. And it's kind of funny. I'm like thinking about like, am I detecting leather? Am I detecting tobacco? I think weirdly I don't detect the tobacco. Um, I probably would if it was like a scotch, but I don't, I do kind of feel like maybe it's just from reading the word leather and thinking about leather. But now that I am thinking about it, I'm like, little bit <laughs> does this taste like leather <laughs> like isotoners yeah am i biting a car seat exactly like, <laughs> uh okay this is a tough one dare we have a fourth sip man i i would say that's unprecedented except i'm pretty sure i did that last time uh i want hmm. i am gonna go I would call it three and a I would call it three and a half because I think the marketing bomb eroded some of the first sip. So I think this is like the 3.333. Yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, I'm giving it that last sip just to think about it a little bit more. I Like the bourbon, this is really towing the line. But I hate to say it, I think I don't quite like the way it's towing the line. I wanted it to be, uh, I wanted to actually have a little more spiciness and a little more punch than it's having. And instead, I'm getting this kind of like I am giving a getting a warm warming sensation, and like that's nice. But it doesn't have like if it's going to come across as more of a bourbon, it needs to have more body than it has. And I, I'm just left wanting. That's not a good feeling to be left with. No. So for that reason, and it's again, it's not bad. I don't mean to say it's like some kind of you know, it's, it's, it's not ancient age or anything like that, but I do have to say, uh, rod and hammers, they're right. I got to give it the boot, man. Good thing we didn't have that in rye months. No, I agree. Um, that, that would be a shame if we did that. Uh, but yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, like I, I generally like this distillery, but I just don't think the rye quite, uh, quite brings it. We got ourselves a boot streak. I know. Two boot streak. I wonder what our record is. 
I bet it's two. <laughs> I, I, considering I, I think considering that, I, that I drink every other episode. Yeah. It's, it's got to be two. It's probably two. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so, folks at home, unfortunately, the two straight boots, we don't have recommendations for you. Uh, but that is why this podcast exists. I we mean, have a recommendation to avoid these two whiskeys. You got to know. Uh, all right. We have got to get to our, our top albums of the 2010s. Hell yeah. Did you, did you know your number one going in? No, but once I saw it when I was doing my prep, once I saw this one that would have ended up on my list by hook or by crook, once I saw it, I was like, that's it. It's number one. I will say I went in kind of knowing what my number one is, and I was looking for reasons for it to not be number one, and I couldn't get them. My another spoiler, not spoiler, but teaser is my number one also is the only artist who has multiple entries on Whoa. the the list plus honorable mentions. Okay. I have one artist that has multiple entries, but neither one of them made the actual list. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. I bet Actually, we I, I kind of can't be the same. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh all right. Without further ado, then, let's get into it. These are our top five albums of the 2010s. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, what is your number five? My number five was a late um, survivor to make the list that knocked out something else I had at number five, which we'll talk about in honorable mentions. But I love this album and this artist so much. I was a latecomer to hearing it. It's Anti by Rihanna from 2000. 2016. Wow. I, I saw this on other folks' lists, and I don't think I've listened to this album from start to finish. But that is great that it's a good album, because I've, I've heard some other Rihanna albums, and I thought they had like a lot of filler in them. But This is something you know, else, man. Oh, yeah. I've actually heard it described as people do think that it's, it's such like a, a... It's almost like they think she had an epiphany or something. I'm like, this wow. album is just like... Because it's all over the place. It's all kinds of different styles. It's um, just weird and quirky and fantastic and really great. Is this the album that has that one waltz song on it? It's like... She's like crooning in it. I forget what the song is actually called. It's got the cover of Tame Impala on it. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think... It wasn't that one. It was that like, oh God, what's I'll sing part of it. Only I can't remember what it's called. But it goes, she goes like, ah. It's got like a bump, 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 bump. Oh, love on the brain. Yeah, love on the brain. That's a good song, honestly. Yeah, it is very unRihanna like song. It is, and it's, that album is full of that, like different stuff that you wouldn't expect. Like I couldn't believe she was a Tame Impala fan, because that's another thing. It was on my honorable mentions that album, Currents from 2015. I was like, I can't believe that she would even listen to that first of all, and then also like like it enough to cover a song from it. It's just unbelievable. Does this album also have Stay on it? Yes. Oh, okay. I gotta listen to this album then, because those those two songs that I mentioned. I got to hear the Tame Impala cover too. Those are my favorite two Rihanna songs probably. Yeah. It's full of jams in different ways. Nice. All right. Good. Number five. Uh, my number five is Adele 21. 
Nice. This is actually tough because I, I I do like twenty five too, but uh, I had to go with twenty one. I just I listened to this album a lot because I was I was pulling samples from it uh, for the amp album uh, that I did with Seth, which uh, was a combination of Adele samples and John Mayer samples. So I ended up like Adele only had when we were when I was recording this, she only had two albums, 19 and 21. And so I listened to 21, like all the way through a bunch of times, just seeing like where I could sample things. And it's like a really great album. Mm -hmm. Her voice is just incredible, which like everybody knows, but I think this album just has, uh, not only just like a lot of great tracks, but it's also, it's not like, it's not overdone either. Like it, right it focuses on really highlighting her voice and it does that really, really well. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. It's a really good one. Yeah. Um, all right. What's your number four? My number four is FM, which has been staples 2018. Album. Uh, what'd you like about this? I love I love Vince Staples overall. I think his whole catalog is just unbelievably good. And when this album came out, I was just taken aback by it because it was like it's basically I've heard it described as like an anthem to summer, and that is kind of what it is. It's like a concept album where it's basically uh, like a radio station in California during the summer, and it just like cuts in and out of him doing little skits and voiceovers, and then just unbelievable songs. And he's I think he's kind of a He's one of my favorite artists that's out now putting out music. I just think he's very interesting and his lyrics are great and where he came from and how that like interplays with the music he produces. It's great. So this, and this is just, this is probably my favorite of his. It's also really short. It's easy to just like blow through it. And it's a classic to me. Nice. I, uh, I am all about albums. Like I'm totally cool with them being short. Yeah. Like 35 minutes, I think. Just give me like, this is like one of the best things about like a lot of classic, especially rap albums, like which can both be short and kind of bloated. Uh, yeah. But like, I'm not saying like Nas Elmatic is my favorite rap album of all time or anything like that, but like that is like a great model for an album. Like yeah. give it the best shit and only the best shit and that's it. Right. Uh, great pick. All right, my number four is Janelle Monet Dirty Computer from 2018. I think what I like about this album especially is uh, I really liked, I don't want to say it's like Janelle Monet's first two albums. I'm like not even positive they are the first two. I think they are. Um, I liked them both a lot. But what I, like, there's something about Dirty Computer where I feel like you just get this vibe from artists. It's like her confidence level changed. Uh, and like, it, it's definitely like reflected in the, the, the first single that came out, like make me feel, which sounds like a, uh, like she's channeling Prince, but it's just great. And to like, see her come into her own from, from almost like a jazz, like alternative kind of, I'm going to say it wrong, but like background into like just this like really confident album. We have it on record too. Mm -hmm. I just love listening to this and she, she's so talented. Yeah. She's really good. And she's a good performer too. 
like live whenever I see her do a live performance. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I, I think this is such a good album. Um, so yeah, that's why it's my number four. I gotta re-listen to that one again. What's your number three? My number three is The Satanist by Behemoth. Oh. That sounds it's, like metal, probably. It is. It's very, very heavy Swedish black metal. Um or no, I'm sorry, Polish. Um Polish. Polish black metal. And there's something like even among metal albums, especially with like a concept as I mean, Satanism is one of their themes. That's why they called it the Satanist. But oh, right. okay. pro. Okay. Um, and the guy, the the main creative person, singer, and lead guitarist of the band before they wrote this survived a very aggressive and low likelihood of survival form of cancer and then came back and they released this album and it was just like behemoth has always had good albums but this one was something else like there's just something else about it and i even looked up like multiple different venues on the internet's top like 50 to 100 metal albums of the 2010s just to make sure there was nothing that kind of like escaped me when I was putting it together that I'd want to include. And this is number one on a lot of those lists. And these are a lot of like mainstream publications where I wouldn't even expect them to include this type of music. And it's just something about it is so great. If you have any inclination to listen to it or like it, it's just, it comes through immediately that it's just like another level of, of black metal. That's, I mean, there was nothing like a horrible life event to like, bring out the best in you yeah it's, it's just a fascinating story to me and especially yeah. because like there they, there's a lot of like um negative press which i understand because it's like it's a it's a thing that is very easy to demonize no pun intended but like a, a lot of bands even if they're not satanists they'll be like oh slayer or a bunch of satanists or judas priest or whatever but this is funny because it's a band they come from an area where it's not as like damning to their career to do that mm -hmm. but it's just fun it's interesting to me that they like the subject matter could be so um esoteric and like weird and, and like i don't even i'm not a satanist so i don't understand everything they're talking about but it's just like the music is so great and, like the theatrics behind it it's awesome makes you want to become one yeah it's a marketing ploy yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean really that's what they should be doing right if they if if all Satanist music is really, really good. Like, well, hey, what's going on over there? I mean, it's kind of what like I wasn't raised. I wouldn't say I was even raised Catholic. I, I wasn't even baptized. But like, uh, if we were going to be something, it would be Catholic. Like my parents right. were Catholic. Mm -hmm. um, and I gotta say, one thing the Catholics do really well is like the buildings are beautiful. Yeah. Like a lot of Catholic architecture is just like awesome. So I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. If I'm going to do something Christian. Like I'll, I'll do that. Cause those are like great old churches. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. My number three is Natalie Prass, the future in the past from 2018. Ooh, I don't even know this one. I really like this one a lot. It is such a good album. And it also has one of my favorite songs. I think it was in my top, Mm, 10 or 15 when we did the all songs list for our 100th episode 
It's a song called Lost, which is just, I think, fantastic. Uh, but the whole album is really good. It has like a, a good energy to it. Um, but she's not like an overbearing presence either. She kind of has a actually a fairly soft-ish voice. But the album has like, it's a little bit funky. It's a little bit like has a good energy. And I, it's like so listenable. And I... Uh, we have it on record also, and I could just like put it on at any point. I think it's such a good album. I looked her up a, while you were talking about this too, and it looks like she was a supporting act for Casey Musgraves on the Oh What a World tour, which is a good sign because that was a that was a pretty good album that I considered for this list too. Same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey Musgraves is great. I uh, I haven't heard her whole latest album, but I saw her on Siren Live, and I thought I I like the songs from it. I didn't like I didn't like the the most recent album as much as the one before it, but it's still good. But it was just like the one before it had one of those things about it where I was just like, "Whoa, yeah," you know. Um, no, and I think I might have mentioned this album also too because I think it was like two or three years ago that we we actually did a top five list that was like best albums of the year or something like that. Mm-hmm. I we normally do that, but uh, I put this one pretty high, if not like number one for two. Yeah. And it's it really is a good album. I definitely recommend listening to it. I gotta check it out. Uh, all right, what is your number? Shit, what are we on? Three, two. I'm on number two. All right, what is your number I think, two? Yeah, number two. Um, another band that I've talked about a lot: Queens of the Stone Age and Like Clockwork. Oh, which is um, just a great album from 2013. That was after quite a hiatus for them. I think maybe like six years. Um, and they came back with this and just, it's just, I think it's a great encapsulation of what I like about, um, Queens of the stone age and a lot of Josh Holmes, like projects, the desert sessions, his bands he was in before, just like the sensibility there. And this is kind of like a crystallized version of the best of that. And that's, I think that's why I like it so much. And it's even an album that, sometimes there's certain stuff like I wouldn't really play the Satanist in the car with Lisa because I know that it's rude because she just isn't <laughs> interested in that kind of music, but I, I could open pull the car door. At the <laughs> yeah. like, Let me out of here. <laughs> Rolling down the highway. But, but this is something that I could play because it's accessible. I mean, it's even if you're not, if you don't love it, you, you can still listen to it. It's not that crazy. And she's kind of, she's hurt. She's been listening to it with me and it's, it's catchy. And it's something that I had to have on like vinyl because it's just like, I know it'll always be one of my favorite albums. If not for the number one on this list, it would be an easy number one that I would be happy about too. Yeah. Totally good. Uh, it's, uh, I've always liked Queen of the Stone Age and I think they have like for me, uh, not that I've listened to all their stuff or all of Caius either, but like he's really talented. And he writes yeah. songs and they're, he's always surrounding himself with really talented musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, great pick. Uh, my number two is this feels like a pretty big nostalgia, not nostalgia. I, I mean, it's just a meaningful album to me because I was looking it up and no one even thinks this is the best Paul McCartney album of the decade, but I don't give a shit. It's Paul McCartney new from 2013. I think it's great. We also have it on vinyl. We, uh, Maggie and I, we got married in 2014. Um, our first dance was to the song new. 
which is, I think, a great song. And the album, I think the album is awesome. I love it. It has, like, I think it perfectly encapsulates Paul McCartney's style of songwriting, which I really enjoy. Uh, it's, like, there are few, if any, songwriters, maybe Taylor Swift, I don't know, but who have, like, done done a better job of just, like, cutting through the fat of what you need in a song to just be, like, an earworm. Mm. Um, and he's so great at that. I think the album, like, perfectly has those types of songs. We listen to it all the time, still. Uh, and it's it's great. Yeah, that's one. He's somebody who's kind of a blind spot for me because I was never a huge Beatles fan or, like, listen to much wings or if his solo work or any of that. So, but I have a lot of respect. I mean, he's a great, like you, I think that what you said about him and his songwriting ability, I can even see that as like, not somebody who's listened to the whole catalog, but that's definitely true. I just got on vinyl. I just got Paul McCartney's first post Beatles album, which is also really good. But I, I gotta say, maybe no one will agree with me on this. I think new is even better than that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, all right, we are down to it. What is your number one? My number one is by a rapper who I think is one of the most talented rappers ever. And it's also an album that I think is just a classic, even though he has multiple that I would consider, but it's Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. Awesome. He's great at the Super Bowl, too. Yeah, he. I told Lisa when I, w- I knew he was going to be in it, I was like, watch because Kendrick Lamar always dominates whatever performance he's on. I'm like, this has been great so far, but just watch when Kendrick Lamar comes out. And she was like, yeah, that was pretty accurate. No, I was so glad he was like part of that crew. Yeah. All right. Tell us what, because you're right. Kendrick Lamar has like, he's got several, I would say probably three classic LPs. Yeah. Um, I, I actually did not put this one on my list, and I, I put a different one on my honorable mentions. What do you like about Good Kid, Mad City, especially? I just, I think um, it might be a little bit of nostalgia for me just because having heard, when I first heard of Kendrick Lamar, it was recommended to me to listen to this album. So this was like my, even though I probably had heard a couple singles here and there, maybe before that, but like this was when I played it from beginning to end. And it kind of just is full of great, great songs, great beats, his lyricism and like delivery and variance of styles within his delivery is unbelievable. And I think it's just, for me, it's like my favorite collection of songs and experience to listen through from beginning to end, which is how I tend to listen to albums. No, I, I totally like Kendrick Lamar is awesome. It's, Somehow I've never, I really like his flow a lot. I like the actual tone of his voice. It's never quite, it's never cracked that upper echelon of MCs for me. It's like a tone I just want to keep hearing. Like weirdly, like when I hear Nas rapping, for example, I'm like, man, I just want to hear that guy rap. Even if the album is like not very good. Like he has plenty of albums that are not very good. Um, Somehow Kendrick's like not quite there for me yet, but maybe he'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Or it's personal choice too. Like you might totally. not hit your ears the same way. Yeah. I don't know. But that, that's a great number one. I mean, like at the very least, no matter how you feel about like how can, like the albums are so like the one you mentioned to pimp a butterfly, of course, and damn are like, so just like 
so well crafted. Yeah, Dan was the one I also had in honorable mentions. I think I had that at five, right? so I would have had two of his in the top five. Nice. Yeah, uh, that's that's great. I have two pimp a butterfly in my honorable mentions, and not the other two. I didn't like that one as much as the first two, or the I guess it's two and three, and to pimp a butterfly was four. But I, for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe I have to re-listen to it again. But no, I don't know. I mean, they're all really good. Like the fact that you can have that kind of argument with his stuff, like you don't get yeah like other artists like it's and they have different oh sorry but they have different energies too like completely different all of them yeah uh all right my number one i mentioned that this i kind of knew this is my number one going in and i was looking for reasons for it not to be but it just it still is uh it's kanye west my beautiful dark twisted fantasy from 2000 i just like this I don't want to say it's obviously the best Kanye West album. I'm actually not sure that's true or not, but it had everything I just wanted from an album. Um, I like, uh, I just, I like power is such a great track. All of the lights is such just like an epic masterpiece for me. Um, I really like monster a lot, even though like, the most, like, one of the things that comes out of Monster is just like, oh, Nicki Minaj, when she's really going, is like an awesome rapper. It's like, she kills that track. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is just, uh, it's great. I think it's like right at the cross section of, he had the build up from his first three albums, uh, like uh, College Dropout, Late Registration, Through Graduation. Those were all great. And then he had kind of that, like the deviation a little bit from 808 and Heartbreaks. And then it was like a ba- coming back to form with this album. And I think this album is like perfect. Everything since I think has been like kind of a slow downhill. But uh, I think this album is like nearly perfect. Yeah. And what makes sense about like Kanye West, I don't know. I don't even really care at this point. But I think this album is great. I saw it a lot on the if not top spot, but like top five or 10, a lot of lists too. It's yeah. I just, I like it. It's, I mentioned too, like I do like albums that are like really tight and tightly constructed and short. This album is not that, but like, uh, if an album is going to go for that, like epicness and this album does that, the fact that it lands so well, um, probably as well as like, I think my other favorite Kanye album is Late Registration. Uh, it's just like, he is able to do that, or at least was able to do that. Yeah. Uh, I'll admit, I haven't even listened to Donda all the way through. So, same here. Yeah. But, but great album. Um, all right. What are your honorable mentions? I got quite a few, so I'm going to run through them here. Singles by Future Islands came out in 2014. Great album, great David Letterman performance of their single from that song. Yeah, that's just like, they just gave it their all and crushed it. Yeah, it was great. Um, Really, speaking of great MCs, uh, Tetsuo and Youth by Lupe Fiasco from 2015 is a personal favorite of mine. I, based on your recommendation, revisited that album. And I put it on my honorable mentions too. I actually think it's definitely at least his third best album. Oh, yeah. Even higher. Yeah, he's got another one coming out soon. I think that's supposed to be. It's getting a lot of hype. Oh, nice. 
Um, I really love Nightmare Logic by Power Trip from 2017. It's a thrash album, which thrash had its heyday in like the late eighties, early nineties with, you know, like Pantera is the most obvious example, but this was kind of like a throwback that was just really amazing. Um, I, I love AM by Arctic Monkeys from 2013. That was produced by Josh Home. They recorded it in the California desert and kind of like an isolated environment. And it's a really cool story. And I think they made a great album out of that. Um, another MC I love is ASAP Rocky and he had live love ASAP in 2011, which is my favorite album by him. And then I mentioned a few times with Rihanna covering a song from it, but currents by Tame Impala from 2015 is really, really, uh, masterfully created kind of like electro synth pop kind of like if Depeche mode was more poppy is the way that I <laughs> think about it. I think I should um, listen to more Tim Apollo because they've had singles that I've liked. And then when I was like perusing lists to see if I was missing anybody, like Tim Apollo came up a lot. And yeah, they're good. Yeah. It's just, it's something about it. It's just like a very interesting quality to his albums that are interesting. I also love uh, Honey, which is Robin's album from 2018. I think it's great. I think she's... Oh. She's an extremely, extremely gifted artist, and it's a one of her best albums. I like, and that. Then, I like uh, Body Talk too. Yeah, Body Talk is really good. That was, I think, 2010, and yeah. she's always consistently good. Um, Damn by Kendrick Lamar, I mentioned, and then um, Every Kingdom by Ben Howard, who's a British singer-songwriter, really interesting guitar player, and also um, his songs are very dark, but very, very interesting, kind of like new folk i would call it but he's just really in, he's he's just a very i always want to go back and listen to him it's something about his style that i like nice oh good good honorable mentions i had the roots i had two roots albums how i got over from 2010 and undone from 2011 undone i think i like a little better the only reason undone didn't actually make my list is because it's it's actually too short like it doesn't quite have enough actual songs on it. I, I feel like I'm wrong in saying this, but I feel like it has like five actual songs. On it. <laughs> <laughs> like the track listing is a little bit longer, but like a lot of them are just kind of like half songs, which the roots kind of tend to do sometimes. But like um, if the undone just had like two more bangers, I'd be like unquestionably should be on my list, but it doesn't quite. Uh, gotcha. And then also like Taylor Swift, 1989. That's a good album from 2014 Alabama shakes boys and girls their their debut I think is such a you don't get you don't get enough artists anymore where like you hear their first single that come out and they, it's just like oh this person is like now firmly on the scene uh and I like that about the Alabama shakes like they're Chris Stapleton's like that too yeah uh so their album from 2012 Kendrick Lamar to pimp a butterfly and then I also had the fiasco Tetsuo and youth um which like I, for the longest time, I, of course, had food and liquor. I played that a lot when it came out. I liked the cool a lot when that came out. Uh, then there was like that long wait. And I think he was having like different, I don't know, contractual issues with the label or whatever it was. And then lasers came out. I was like, eh. it was not, it was, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was disappointing. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, at that point, I like really wasn't following Lupe Fiasco anymore. But then revisiting this album 
and I had heard like his albums had kind of been hit or miss since, but Tatsuin Youth is good. It's really good. Yeah. He kind of marks, he's a marker of our college experience to me too, because of the fact that those out, his first two albums came out kind of around that time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we listened to and talked about him a lot back in those days. Totally. And he, um, he also came out for a couple of songs with the roots in 2007 when they played at DePaul. Yeah. Fest. Uh, yeah. At fest. What a day. One of the few fests that was not canceled due to rain, even though. Yeah. What, that sucked. Canceled due to rain. Yeah. Remember that ludicrous show when people were like getting yelled at for. I didn't go to that one. Was that 2006? Yeah. You were not. Wait, what? How come? I don't know. I, one of them I missed. I, it must have been like the ludicrous one. Oh, the ludicrous show was crazy. Huh. It's people in that one dorm, the oldest dorm that was across from like the quad. I think it was Schmidt or something. And there was just a bunch of people in like the top floor that kept like, I don't think it was flashing, but there was like lots of women. And then there were signs being shown and the DePaul security kept trying to shut it down. It was like a weird version. It was like the tamest version of like an insurrection at a university. <laughs> uh, good old DePaul. Yeah. Um, all right, folks at home, if there are albums for the 2010s that you think we didn't talk about or that you'd like to mention, um, we'll read your email. We'll read your tweet on a future podcast. You can go ahead. Again, our Twitter is at Whiskey Sessions. Our email is whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up there. Uh, but yeah, we got to get to your emails now. So uh, without further ado, these are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails, and now we'll read them. Hey, Pim, what do we got in the old email inbox? Dear Whiskey Sessions, I was listening to The Who, and I got stuck in such a catatonic loop pondering life's existential mysteries that I missed three weeks of work and got fired. Sincerely, Doug in Detroit. <laughs> oh, Doug. You know, I knew Doug was, like, suffering from, from taking things a little too literally, but now I'm bummed that he's actually lost his job over this. Yeah, I'm sorry, Doug. I didn't mean to laugh at you. It was just the fact that, like, it's so predictable. <laughs> I hope you found another job already. Yeah, I hope so, too. Yeah. He's if not, let us know. We need a research assistant. We do. It doesn't pay well. or Anything. anything. Yeah. <laughs> but we could use it. Yeah, but you might be able to get, like, a tax break somehow. I don't know. I'm not even sure about that, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean... If you want to get audited on your taxes, you can list it as a tax. <laughs> yeah. Whiskey sessions, volunteer work. Yeah, this is the year where I have always done our own taxes, except for one year I didn't do them. But I think this year, like, I'm not going to do them again. Yeah. Complicated. I'm done with it too, I think. Yeah. Uh, all right. Until next time, whether you are doing your taxes or not, uh, you can go ahead and hit us up, whiskey sessions music at gmail.com, our Twitter feed at whiskey sessions. Uh, let us know your latest whiskey news that we should be aware of. If you want to email into the show, you can do that too. Uh, we want to know everything that's going on in the whiskey world and otherwise. But yeah, hit us up there. B Pimp, episode 133 is in the books. Do you have any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? Leave better tips, Scotty Pip. Scotty Pips. 
Lead better tips, Scotty Pitt. I like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, until next time. This is Amat saying peace out. And Beef him saying see you later.